So here we sit again, waiting to press play, and um, struggling with it. Um, it's been a couple weeks since we've uh, recorded anything. I mean, last week I did have the call with Leah's godparents, which was good, um, but it was it was emotionally exhausting. Um, so it, it's again, it's been it's been a little bit and and not thinking about what to talk about because again i can't stress this enough I, I do not sit around and think about content um but it's it's been hard to try to keep the mind um going in one direction um so again this is john and nick and we're just having a i don't know i think we've kind of landed on calling it a conversation kind of having a conversation on grief and trying to sort through the loss of our one-week-old infant daughter, Leah Kayan. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's been kind of an interesting couple weeks. I don't know, interesting is not the right word, but um, it's been a long couple weeks. And um, that stems, a lot of it, at least for me, comes from my, my mind. Um, I've talked about this already a few times that I don't trust my mind and that things are coming out jumbled. Um, and it's really, 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 really became apparent that it's, it's maybe it's, it's more than that. It's, or it's worse than that. Um, you know, you read about people that have dementia or people that have Alzheimer's and, and then they can, really struggle with their mind and they get to the point that they're almost combative about it. And that's, that's really where I've been lately. Um, I'm having a really hard time keeping a train of thought and anybody that knows me, I, I multitask pretty well mentally anyways. Like I can be doing a job or driving on the road or, or whatever and, and a phone call come in and, and I'll talk to a customer and and then I'll go right back to doing what I was doing and not skip a beat. And then later write down, um, you know, what I talked about. I mean, in theory, you can write it down. Sometimes we go to the planner, but lots of times I never wrote anything down. Just like, oh yeah, I got to meet such and such at eight o'clock on the 28th. And I got to meet this person at two o'clock after that. And I've got everything scheduled on the east side of town today so that I can just go one to the next and not have to keep jumping back and forth. Um, but lately that's been a real struggle. And um, in this industry, it's dangerous. Today we were, we were working on a job site. The guys were doing their thing. Um, I had a couple appointments in the morning uh, after backtracking to the house to get my wallet because I went out the door without that this morning for the first time since I was probably 15. Um, and I got to the job site and I started to help the guys. And I kept like, I guess kind of spacing out almost like it, what it is is I get, I can stay concentrated on a subject, but I, I can't get off that subject. I'm just stuck in it. Like this infinite loop of, stuck in the same subject. So I'm supposed to be running the controls today and helping the guys, 
we're, we run, we have a crane. I'm supposed to be running the crane to help the guys so they can stay on the ground and just do their thing. And it takes like 30 seconds to do step one of the, of the work. And then there's like a 10 second beat where you're waiting on them to move some tooling. And then there's another five seconds for me. And, and then there's another 10 second beat for them. And, and then another 30 seconds for me and a 10 second for them and so on. And it kind of has a rhythm to it and you get into a rhythm. And today, like I could, I could watch what I was doing and I do my 30 seconds and, and then I would pause and wait for them to do their thing. And then I'd hear one of them say my name and I don't know if they've been waiting on me a second or 10 minutes. Like I, I, I have no sense of time. i my brain just like shuts down. Um, I'm standing there and I just shut down. I mean, luckily it didn't shut down while I was running the control. Um, <laughs> sitting there just watching it and, and just drift off. I mean, like I said, it's dangerous. Um, and it's, you think about like, I, like me, like I'm driving down the road all the time and, and um, like just trying to not daydream or, or whatever. It's, it's very... I don't trust my mind right now. And um and at home, the struggle at home's been that I, I like I sat down to do some estimates the other day and I was and I had really I'd locked into what I had to do. I had I had it wrote down next to me, I had to do five estimates, two invoices, and a couple emails. And I'm in the middle of trying to do them, and Nick was asking me a question. And and not not a serious question, just I, I don't even know what she asked me. She asked me something. Oh, the, the TV was screwing up and we our HBO wasn't working. And she asked me why the HBO wasn't working. And I I heard her, but I didn't say anything. And I went back to what I was doing. And then, and then she asked me again like 30 seconds later about it. And I lost my shit. Um, I became a combative dickhead in half a heartbeat. And it's not, I mean, we, we all lose our cool from time to time, but it's, it's what I was saying about this, like, dementia patient or Alzheimer's where you have this, like, just combative nature to it. And, and I did. Like, I, I mean, I don't, didn't come violent or anything like that, but I was, I lost my shit for, like, 90 seconds and just ranted about everything. And, like, it was just short of throwing my computer and whipping stuff through the TV and and, and then calmed down and took 20 seconds and realized that, oh, well, the pay channels don't work because you didn't pay the bill. And it's because the bill's on auto pay and you got a new debit card and you didn't change your security pin. Like just something as simple as that. But it takes like, it, it took effort to backtrack out of what I was doing to try to figure out something simple. And then Luckily, yesterday, I realized what I did to Nick, and I went and found her and just immediately apologized and told her where I was at, but but there's been instances where I haven't, and I just, I, I don't even realize I did it, I guess, and, and then, and then, like, the, the kids are, like, separating from me, not, they're, they're here, and they're, and they're, specifically number four because he's here but he um 
he just kind of leaves me alone. And then I and he kind of think about it, like, well, maybe I was a dick about something. And I just, and I don't want to be. But it, it's, um, yeah, I just don't, I just don't trust my mind. Um, and I got, a, I got wrote down here, I, I made some notes, to things to try to talk about. And, and I have wrote down mind slash panic. And that's, it's definitely what it is because I, I get done with what I'm thinking about, I guess. And then I get caught up in something else. And then I, I have this like panic level about whether I got done with what I was doing. And it's like all day long, I go to Nick, did I do this? Oh, I remember I was going to do, I needed to send that estimate or don't, don't let me, as soon as we get inside, let me do it. And and like today I had a call come in about somebody that wanted us to look at a another project. And I, and I knew from where he gave me the address that it was on our way home. But I immediately stopped what I was doing, went and talked to Nick and told her, hey, I got to remember to stop and look at this because if I don't, he'll be calling me about it next week, Tuesday. And she, and she has to write it, write it down. And the only way that knows me, people have talked for like people will say a lot of times, man, I don't know how you remember that or I don't know how you do this or I don't know how you do that. Like my, my mind's always kind of been like a, like a steel trap. And I, and I've joked for years that, that one day the vault was going to be full and um, I was going to bend over to tie my, whatever they're called and with whatever they're called. And I wasn't going to remember that shoes and laces were a thing. Um, and, and I don't think that's where I'm at. Like, I still remember they're called shoes and laces, but I, like I said, struggling to keep a thought and I, and both of us are struggling to find words, um, try to tell somebody we needed to vacuum the other day. And I'm like, it's the thing in the closet that sucks stuff up. Like I like we could not think of the word vacuum. Like I could not shut my brain down long enough to think of the word vacuum. And then. You know, I've kind of been wondering if it was just me or, I mean, or just us. And I, I said to my guys today, I said, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that, but I've just been really spacey lately. And I, I hope you guys are okay and everything's getting done and, and, um, and whatnot. And, and, and they, and my, my main guy goes, no, man, he goes, we've, um, he's like, don't, don't, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but we've, we've noticed, um, you know, I've seen you scattered before, but but usually it was because you got eight hundred things going on, and you're trying to remember seven hundred ninety nine of them from memory. Um, and, and and we're and we're doing what we can, and, and we were late today, and we really feel bad that we were late. <laughs> and and I go to tell Nick that, and I'm crying, trying to tell her that the guys were sorry that they were late, and they're trying to pick up the slack. And she's crying back to me, trying to tell me that 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 some they shouldn't have to think that they shouldn't have to try to take care of us, and it's and we both just are I don't know, just like mentally fragile right now, and and again, just like don't trust our minds or struggle for words, and so yeah, like the the conversation last week with the godparents was good, but. I mean, it was, we recorded like an hour and 20 minutes of it. And then I had a little technical difficulty and I ended up calling them back. And in the last half an hour, we were just kind of bitching about politics and things like that. Not anything that needed to be 
recorded, not like the first stuff needed to re- be recorded. I think you know what I mean. Like it was just a everyday Joe conversation. Um, so we ended up talking about two hours total, but I was just I was exhausted. I was exhausted the the next couple of days, um, and then I re- I re listened to it over the weekend, and then I was freshly freshly exhausted. Um. So yeah, it's just like I said, you know, Nick Nick got really upset when I was talking to the guys and or talking to me about the guys and and um and Nick still hasn't talked to anybody. The only people she's talked to is her mother and you <laughs> on here. Um and um it's not it's not for lack of want, but it's it's um you like said it's like it's like almost panic. Um For me, it is panic. It's part of therapy for me. I wanted to go and tell the guys that I appreciate what they're doing. I appreciate that they're concerned that they're giving us space. And they're trying to pick up the slack. And I wanted to hug him. And I walked over and I couldn't. It was full-on panic, and I had to walk away, and I, he deserves to hear me say that I appreciate him, to hear me say thank you, and I just can't, and it's not because I don't want to, whatever it is, it feels like a panic attack, and I have to just walk away and go cry in the car with my dog. For me, it's struggling for words, struggling around other people, even strangers. I don't want to be around people. I I still have lots of physical symptoms of grief, which I didn't know was a thing. That I sleep, but it's never enough. I always want to be asleep. I eat, but then my stomach's in knots like today. Just... It's just today. Today wasn't a good day. Not that any day is good, but some are worse than others, and that's been a big thing for us: is sorting out how inadequate human language is. How many words, being the only words that you have, don't describe this. Don't work in this context and I have a list going with my therapist of stupid words that don't work. I don't like the word better. I don't like the word heal. I don't like the word easier. Those words don't mean anything in this context. Nothing is better. Nothing is easy. And I'm not going to heal. I don't want to. 
you know, we, we, we struggle with, like I said, we struggle with words and, and, and like phrases. And we, we were talking about this today, like the, the English language and, and it's almost the, I don't know if it's worldwide or in English language or if it's just American, but like you go to McDonald's and you get done with your order and they tell you, have a nice day. And I want to scream at them, fuck you. <laughs> I don't want to have a nice day. I'm not going to have a nice day. I, I, how about, how about telling me, hope you have a good day or, or hope, hope your day's been good. I mean, but, but who am I to tell a, a random person that they shouldn't just say, have a good day. Cause you know, they might be having a fantastic day. They don't know that I'm having a shit day and that every day is a shit day. And how many people in a day ask you, how are you doing today? And I'd really like to say to these people, don't ask a question if you don't want to hear the answer. You're not ready for that. So your options are to say nothing, pretend that you didn't hear them, or to play the game. I'm okay, how are you? And you're not okay, and everything in you is screaming. That's a lie. Nothing is okay. Nothing will ever be okay. Yeah, I um, I said it's lots of it's lots of ups and downs, and it's lots of trying to sort through the pain. And and one of the themes that we've been seeing, and, and Nick and I are both reading a couple books. Um, I, I read one for grieving fathers, and she read one for grieving mothers. And now we've we've switched, and we're reading each other's books, trying to necessarily just for grieving moms. It's just it's written by a grieving mom from her perspective it's for grieving people not even just parents but I'll plug her book I guess it's called bearing the unbearable it's it's been helpful and John had the idea that we should when we were done that we should trade them and see what the other person got out of it or to try and find a different perspective for ourselves, and it has been helpful. It's amazing that when you're going through the same thing at the same time, how worlds apart you can be. John holds on to anger and questioning. When for me, it's there aren't any questions. Leah's gone. I know where she is. I know she's okay. And I know that we can't know why. It's not for us to know. At least not now. And I'm okay with that. But for me, it's just... the Again, words are inadequate. You can't know the desperate longing for your baby. You can't know what it is to miss someone this much. We've lost a lot of people, a lot. But nothing is like this. And you'll never know unless you've been on this side, unless you've seen through this lens. And you can't know how you're going to react. You can't know how you're going to deal with it. Every loss for us has been a lot. And everyone is different. 
and you work through it in a different way. But we've always been each other's other half. And this time, that includes a lot more work than it ever did before. And it's work that's worth it. It's just not as effortless. I mean, a big part of it is giving each other the space to do what we need to do or say what we need to say, even if it sounds literally insane. Even when John's mad and he's upset for no reason to give him the grace that it is all I can muster a lot of the time to understand that it's not at me. It's it's because he's mad at the world and the way that it's worked for us. Yeah, I don't, um, um, and I've talked about this before that I, that I probably am going to talk to somebody on a professional basis of some sort at some point, but I've said I, that I'm not ready. But it, it's not that I'm not ready because I'm not ready to talk to about Leah and I'm not ready to talk about my feelings. I am. I am ready to talk about Leah and I'm ready to talk about my feelings. But I want the pain because there's a lot of days that the only thing that's real, <laughs> the only thing that feels real is the pain. Um, because again, like I said, my mind, it just plays tricks on me. And I, I told Nick today, like, like I thought I remembered everything and I hope I remembered everything like and I, and I and I know buried in there is everything yeah with yeah not not life I'm not talking all life just just with Leah like the, the 10,000 and 99 minutes like do I remember all of it and I and I do but there's so much of it that's buried under pain and but the pain is real and I don't want to let go of the pain because, again, there's lots of days that the only thing that I know, I know for sure, is that my baby's gone and I'm fucking angry. And that's it. That's the only thing that's actually true. And um, I was talking with two this week about four specifically. And it's where four's at. Four's angry. And he doesn't, he doesn't know where to put it yet, but he's reaching out to two. And, um, and two and three live together. It's two and three talk regularly. And, and then two, three, and four all text back and forth with one. Because one works in mental health and, and has a better grasp of her self than probably the rest of us do. And it's, it's funny as a parent, like you think, you know, your kids, but like you, when you, th you think of your, your relationship with them, you, it's, you only think your relationship with them as you, as like my relationship with them or Nick's relationship with them or our relationship as a parent. And it's, it's weird when all of a sudden you realize that, well, of course they have a relationship amongst themselves. Why wouldn't they? I mean, when they were kids, they had their own language. Of course they have a relationship. I mean, they used to translate for four. Um, 
so it's 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 heartwarming heartwarming to know that that they have each other to be able to bounce back and forth and talk about things but i'm also exceedingly exceedingly angry that they have to and um yeah i don't know where i was going with that i I think that goes back to you know nick hasn't listened to episode four with with the godparents but my buddy there had mentioned that one of the things that he'd found comfort in uh, from us talking was that that he felt like the kids were going to be okay. Not that he was necessarily worried that they weren't going to be, but knowing that they're talking amongst themselves and knowing that they're here regularly talking with us and that we have an open line of communication, all those things help ease his mind that that the kids are going to be all right. And it, and it does for me too. Um, it help it helps ease my mind knowing that they're talking amongst themselves, but, but yeah, I mean, going back to, again, just around back to anger. I mean, that's, that's still where I'm at. Like I'm, again, we use the word better. I, I don't want to be better. I have no, I have no interest in being better. Better would mean I, moved on or forgot and I ain't never going to move on from it. I'm never going to forget. I just have to get better at carrying it. And that's, that's where Nick and I have been. We've been trying to carry it and trying to learn how to carry it and process through how to carry it. And I know I'm being this to death, but that's all you can do is, is carry it. And, um, you know, one of the things that's hard is, is we want to, we want to talk, like we want to talk to people, but it's hard to bounce between only wanting to talk about Leah and not wanting to talk about Leah. The, we're, we're at a point where we'd like to travel again to see our, to, to see Nick's mom and, and, and stepdad. But, and I know they're probably listening to this, so please don't take this the wrong way, but the mundane parts of conversation are very, very hard to deal with. Um, when you're talking about more serious things that are going on in your life and serious things that are going on with our life, things that affect our day-to-day life, those conversations are, they're the subject material is hard, but the conversation's easy. But the mundane that should be the easy part is what's hard, but that's challenging because we all know that the mundane or the little things or the intricacies of your day, those are the things that actually make life up. That's where life happens. That's what life is, the mundane things that are just day-to-day in between the major events, but it's hard to talk about your dogs or the weather or whatever it is with other people because it feels on one hand that you're ignoring what happened. You're purposely dancing around the topic because it's hard because in our culture we 
don't deal with grief. We don't talk about things that are unpleasant. And nothing is more unpleasant than a baby dying. And it's not that we only want to talk about her 24-7. There's times that I don't want you to ask about Leah. I don't, I don't want to talk about her because she's mine and I'm very protective of my memories and my time with her. But other times I, I don't want to talk about stupid things that don't matter. The little moments of a day that don't ultimately matter because this mattered so much. She matters so much. But that changes, it can change person to person, even minute to minute. If I want to talk about Leah, if I don't want to talk about Leah, and if I'd rather talk about if I like orange juice with pulp or without. There's times that I do need a break from talking about it, but she's never, ever, not in every thought, and in every breath. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's lots of ups and downs. Um, every day is a is a series of ups and downs, and it's sometimes it's more than more than once a minute. It's um you think everything's fine, and ten seconds later you you're not. Um, today they said today sucked. Today was a rough day, but we got past that part of the day, and we'd stopped and got some lunch, and we're heading home and. Nick was feeling a little queasy from lunch, but that's not exactly uncommon. But we, we've been having some trouble with the, the furnace and some guys were there working on it. So we knew that was getting dealt with and, and we'd ate and the day was done and the job was finished and the job was paid and everything was going okay. And we get home and we have this stand that has Leah's things on it has her intangible memories of her pictures and her clothes and her urn and her hospital bracelet. So so we get home and the poem that we got from her godparents is knocked over. Um, it's in a stand, but it's a, it's like a piece of marble that's been knocked over and luckily it was knocked over on the shelf but we realized that that there's three hospital bands up there there's leah's band nick's band and my band and the only one that's up there is my band and it's because our cat has decided to get on the shelf which he's he's an old cat and usually is about as excitable as getting on the couch and calling it a day but Apparently, he had a wild hair today and wanted to get on the stand and go knock everything around. So anybody that's ever seen a cat play with a toy on hardwood floors, you know he was playing air hockey with the bands. So <laughs> this is where I'm going with different approaches. So Nick immediately melts. 
Um, she assumes that the cat has taken these and has ate them and has lost them and we're never going to get them back and is freaking out and, and, and by all rights is freaking out and panicking and, and looking over the house and looking in the litter box and everywhere else and I'm taking the opposite approach. I haven't got fired up about it. I'm still calm. I'm, I'm sure that the dumb shits just knocked them underneath the couch. So we move a little bit of furniture and dig around and you know, sure enough, there they are. So, so we got them back, we have all three. And um, now we've got some command strips of Velcro and hooked them down so that he can't rip them off anymore. But I hope he doesn't get up there because if he can't knock them off, now he's gonna get excited trying to bat at them and probably knock something else over. So again, ups and downs, wins and losses. It's pretty much the... Yeah, very something that should have been a minor trigger, like something got knocked over. But that's that's Leah's stand. That's don't touch Leah's stand. Don't touch Leah's bedroom. Don't touch Leah's things. I don't touch them. The only person that touches them is Nick. Um, but it's something that again should have been a minor trigger, and instead it turned into a six-hour meltdown. Um, Nick went after I found him she went and just crashed for like two hours after throwing up yeah, after, if you didn't hear that after throwing up and I went and sat in my chair and I couldn't tell you I couldn't tell you when four left for work I couldn't tell you the last time I let the dog out I couldn't even tell you if I turned the TV on I just looked up and all of a sudden it was five o'clock and um, it goes back to the statement of the McDonald's. I hope you have a nice day. Well, guess what, lady? I didn't have a fucking nice day. I had a shitty day and it got shittier after I left your place. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just it's the ups and downs. We were in our um, our group last Wednesday or two weeks ago, Wednesday, they asked us how things were. And it's one of the things like they ask you every week, like how are things and or what's fresh. And it's, it's just a, it's just meant to be an open conversation. Just take the mic and for six or eight minutes, just kind of talk. And um, we made the mistake of saying everything had been kind of OK. Uh, we, we label it OK-ish. Two weeks ago, Wednesday had been OK-ish. And then one of the other people in the group said that that day in particular had been very hard for them because that day was the hundredth day that their child had been gone. And I hadn't thought of it in that terms yet because with a baby, and I know you've all done this with a baby, first you talk weeks, then you talk months. And eventually, after 24 months or so, you round up and start talking years and call them two, two and three months or two and a half, and, and you get into years. But I wasn't thinking days. And she said that her son had been gone 100 days. So I'm doing the math in my head, trying to think what 100 days is. Well, number two, 100 days is your birthday. So if, while your birthday is going to be celebrated as best as possible, and we, we love you dearly. And we're going to do everything we can. Just keep in mind that if we get quiet, it's because we realize that it's been 100 days.
we're not there yet. We're a couple weeks away, but but yeah, your um your birthday's uh, day one hundred. So it's the it's it's the ups and downs of life. Um, a day that should be an up should be an exceedingly high up. Just enjoy it and eat too much food and have a couple too many beers and have too much cake and just have a good day. And then there's this downside just lingering in the back of your head all the time. Um, Nick's book refers to it, or maybe it wasn't, maybe it was your, your therapist, I'm sorry, refers to it as a, a, narciss, a narcissistic, wound. narcissistic wound. I mean, do you want to explain what they mean by a narcissistic wound? What she means is grief and loss is narcissistic in that it demands your attention. You can try to ignore it. You can try to push it away or cover it up or whatever, but you can't for very long. It demands your attention. It requires all eyes on me. At some point, you have to give in to it. It's not going to go away. It screams louder when you try to walk away from it. It's something that you have to recognize for what it is and learn not to be afraid of it. That's what my book is about, to sit with it that it's screaming in your face and it's scary, but when you do sit with it, it's not that loud, it's not that scary. You start to trust yourself with it. You, you can sit with it, you can live with it, whatever that is, however you have to do it. It's the biggest challenge for a lot of people, me included, is learning how to do it in a healthy way. You still have to take care of yourself. You still have to take care of your kids. You still have to go to work and do the things that are required of you. But when you have the times where it's screaming at you, don't walk away, don't try to ignore it, it's just going to get louder. Just sit there and let it have you for as long as it takes, because you can come out the other end of it, and you won't be better, it's not easier, it's none of the, you're not healed, grief doesn't have a stop. It doesn't have an end date. It doesn't have a to-do list that when you reached all these milestones, now you're done, you're fixed. And it's not a thing. It's something we will have to carry with us for the rest of our lives. Until we get to go home to her, we will miss her and we will mourn her. Until she's back in our arms, we will miss her. So honor that. That's what grieving is. Grieving is, in my view, 
and the inability to express love for somebody who's gone. That's what's left here, is love that can't come out, can't be shown to them. So the pain and the grief is honor for everyone you lost, but for Leah, there's so much. She created her own space. She created her own spot in our hearts and it's full of love that I can't give to her in a physical way. I talk to her all the time. I tell her that mama loves her, mama misses her, but I can't kiss her face like I did for a week. I can't hold her in my arms. I can't. I can't hear her voice. We're not going to have all those moments. So it's all this love that's trapped. That's what grief is. And to be afraid of that is stupid. And to be afraid of love, it's. hard and it hurts, but that's a good thing. It's a testament to how much we love her, how much she matters, that we're in this much pain because she's not here. Therapy doesn't make the pain go away. It doesn't fix you. It doesn't give you a to-do list that this is the path to a cure. That's not what it is. It's going and expressing yourself and somebody t saying to you, that's normal, that's okay, you're not crazy. And the situation is fucked up. You're not. That's, to me, it's helpful to be validated that for somebody like me, who doesn't ask for help, who is organized and has a plan that it's okay, I'm going to be okay because there is no plan. That's a hard thing for me to make it up as you go along. But that's okay for somebody to just sit and listen to me and tell me you're okay, you're not screwing up your kids. You're not failing at this. You're doing everything right. That's, for me, a huge help. It's not weak to go and ask someone for help. And yes, I pay her, whatever, but because she has specialized in this in reaching out a hand to someone who needs it. It's worth it to me. And I know it's not a cure. I know there's not going to be an outline for a plan. It's just a lifeline for right now. Yeah, and my, my book was, my book was written by a father that lost two children um, before they were born. And so my book was written by somebody that never, never intended to be an author. 
much the same as I'm doing this, but it was something that I never intended to do, but I, I needed an outlet. Um, and this, and this father needed an outlet and it's kind of, um, it's not a roadmap to grief. It's, it's just that here's what I went through and from interviewing other fathers, here's what they went through. And it's scary how much of it's the same, um, that we're in this same place, this crazy dichotomy of being caught between being the provider and the protector and also just feeling broken and empty and scared and I'm not a I'm not a weak person um I don't scare easily I like to think of myself as being generally pretty confident um And this is, this is shaking me to the core. Um, Two and I were talking this week that I, that I think what's been so hard for me is I've, it's like slowly stripping down my psyche down to the bare ones and zeros of life of who's John. And then trying to figure out how to put it back together. And Maybe this sounds self-absorbed, I hope not, but I kind of liked who I was. Um, and I don't want to lose all that. But I, I can't go back to who I was. And it, it, if I go back to who I was, then, then Leah didn't mean anything. And that's, that's just not the case. I mean, I've used the term before, Leah matters. I'm going to say her name, Leah matters. She matters. She, doesn't, she didn't matter. She matters in everything that I do. Three said it. Everything I do in life now is for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check with my little sister before I make a decision in life to make sure that she would be okay with it and proud of me. And that's, that's where I'm at, is I'm, I'm trying to strip my psyche down to the bare nuts and bolts to try to figure out how to put me back together. And, and it's hard. Um, and I don't think it's any harder for me than it was for any other dad necessarily. It's just, it's hard not to think it is. It's hard not to think that you have it as bad as anybody's ever had it. And nobody's had it worse. Um, nobody's had it worse than John. It's hard to not feel selfish. And, um, and, and, and then I look at Nick and the kids and, and I know that I'm not the only one going through it. And I, and my mother-in-law, I'm sorry to talk about you, but I, you sound broken on the phone. I know you do. You're trying to put yourself back together. You're hanging out with everything you have, everything you have. And my, and my aunt, my, my aunt just, her heart just breaks for her every time I talk to her. I, I, her heart breaks for us. She's just trying to hang on and hold her shit together when she talks to us. And, and godparents and, and our, our other sisters, our other sister and our, and our brothers, and you guys are just trying to hang on for us. And we, God, we love you. And we really, I, we can't begin to express how much it means that you're trying to hang on for us. And, 
and, and for how much we matter to you and how much one, two, three, and four matter to you and how much Leah matters to you. Um, it's very, um, I don't know what the, I don't know what the right word is. It's, I, I don't, I really, I don't even know. I don't know. I've just, my mind, I'm gone. I don't know what the right word is, but it, it's so, it's special. It's so special. What, what we mean to you and, and, and to know that we have that same relationship back, the reciprocal relationship that, that we feel the same way about you guys and are just trying to hang on for everybody. And um, kids, if you're, if you're listening, I, I know some of you listen to these and some of you don't, but we, God, your mom and I love you guys. Um, we're so proud of you. You're all such good kids and good people. Um, you're all you're all making your way in the world, and um, God, we love you. Um, and my guys, if uh, if you if you guys happen to listen, I know I shared the link, but I don't know if you listen. But if you guys are listening, man, we we think of you guys as family too. Um, you know, Nick and I have talked about the fact that we feel we're fortunate that we own our own business and we've been able to try to process through this without somebody pushing per se, nobody trying to push our timetable. There's, there's certain things that get pushed because money has to come in or groceries don't come in. (laughs) Money has to come in or employees don't get paid. Um, And we feel fortunate that we've not been pushed in that manner, but we, um, what you guys did the month of November and what you've been trying to do since then, it really, it means a lot to try to take on my job. And um, I wouldn't envy anybody that has to do my job some days. I really, I really do appreciate what you guys are trying to do for us. Um, is there anything else that we have tonight? Not really. And just, um, yeah, again, I just want to say thanks for listening. And um, we're sitting in here with Leah's candle tonight. Um, I've been keeping it fresh. And um, we're just waiting on four to get home from work who the glutton for punishment stayed again off the clock to help his buddy do dishes because that's just who he is. So we're trying to stay awake long enough to see him tonight when he gets home before we call it a day and maybe tomorrow will be different but somehow I doubt it night